It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die! That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. Welcome to They Came to Play for another week. Oh, and there's so much to talk about around the coronavirus and nearly nothing to talk about around sport, but we will find some topics to discuss and a very warm welcome uh, to my co-host on this fabulous podcast, Danny McGinley. Hello, Tess Armstrong. Limo. Hello. Hello, Limo. Hi, Danny. Great to see you two via the internet. It is. Yeah, we're looking at it for people playing along at home. We're looking at each other uh, on a Zoom meeting that has the volume down and we're recording on some other fancy podcasting device. We could go to it the looks movie. like we're all very badly dubbed. <laughs> it really does, yeah. We're all slightly out of whack. You know, I'm hoping that with 30,000 Telstra employees working from home, they'll finally realise how shit the internet is everywhere because they've all got to use it on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that will improve our internet on some level. Hey, Danny, you did this last week without us, um, but that was a really great podcast. With- well done, mate. Oh, thanks, Leems. Thanks, uh, Tess. Yeah, big thanks to Tom Boyd for uh, for sharing his story. And I know I've been using bits of uh, what he's been what he said in that pod about mental health and stuff. Uh, just uh, and yeah, it's helped a lot. Just uh, when you're having a moment of uh, just panicking, I guess you just uh, use so many things and you get a bit more zen and stuff. And I'm I'm cool enough to just kick the winning goal in a grand final, and BT will swear. Well, if footy comes back, Danny, they know that you're there and a whole lot of players aren't going to go into quarantine, then it might be our time to shine. I'm happy to go on holiday <laughs> for the rest of the year. But, um, Danny, what was the line you said? He said something about don't borrow your problems from the future or something like that. That was a good line. Yeah, that, yeah, that was my favourite line as well. It was what Tom said, and apparently it's one that Lisa Stevenson, the psychologist at the Bulldogs, uses a lot. Uh, so yeah, it's all about if you you, you feel out of con- you feel like you can't control the future, uh, and you can't. So don't worry about it. When it comes, you'll be able to deal with it. Yeah. So yeah, that's one I've been using. It was also interesting. Oh, I like it. It was. Um, he's so smart, by the way, and eloquent. I was like, quite. It's always quite a shock when you. Um, hear a footballer who is actually genuinely smart, like smart and eloquent in not even just a comparison to another footballer way. But he... Um, the footballers listening. In order to to balance it out, um, uh, this week I'm going to interview Ricky Nixon. So... <laughs> um, anyway... <laughs> One of the things that he was saying was about essentially that he didn't feel like our league uh, was was able to deal with anybody who was even remotely different, and I do think that that is quite true, um, that it's just like a few years behind. And it really was put into contrast to me because I've been watching The Last Dance, the Netflix, ESPN, Michael Jordan situation, and thinking that even 20 years ago, 
Dennis Rodman was supported by multiple clubs to continue to play even while he was Dennis Rodman. The fact that that league was able to support him to play and the guy who interviewed him for the documentary said interviewing him is like interviewing a feral cat. Um, he, <laughs> he was able to play in the NBA in a mass, under massive amounts of pressure and be supported by people like Phil Jackson, but Tom Boyd, who's incredibly eloquent but was struggling with mental health, didn't feel like the league and the media, I think particularly, were able to deal with him. That just seems odd to me. Yeah, I think he struggled with, um, first of all, going to the Giants where there was no infrastructure to support mental health because there was no infrastructure at all. They were building a ground up, you know, from from nothing. So, you know, mental health is a bit low down the, um, I guess, order of priorities when it comes to uh, compared to, you know, setting up training facilities and, and coaches' offices and whatnot. But, uh, I mean, I think he's, he's found his calling. He's doing, you know... Th- if forever he's known as the the footballer who who helped helped other people with mental health, then that's brilliant. I mean, of course he he should be the the guy who kicked the winning goal in the grand final. But uh, it looks like this might usurp his uh, his uh, uh, what, what would you call it his bio, I guess. Well, good double. Um, this will be. I mean, he it'll he'll create a larger legacy out of this than he will from his football career, probably. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say so, yeah. Bloody good legacy. Yeah, good job. Well done, Danny. It is. Uh, Tess, the, in the, what I loved in the documentary was Phil Jackson, who is really um, uh, really into his American Indian culture. Yeah. And, and he was talking about how, I can't remember the name of the person, but he says in certain uh, Indian cultures, they talk about someone who walks backwards while everyone else walks forwards. Yes. And that person is really treasured. They really love that person and they have a special place in the society. And he told Dennis Rodman that he was that person. It's that amazing. he walks backwards while everyone else walks forwards. But oh. they're really important to the whole community. Yeah. Uh, Rodman loved that. So much. So much. He walked all the way backwards to Vegas, which I needed like a – Bloody another ten part documentary just about his holiday to Vegas. And I love the story about that Michael Jordan who goes and gets him out of bed. <laughs> you've, awesome. got come, you've got to come back to training. Let's go. Danny, you uh, need leave, to- leave the test. Yeah, I'm, I'm still behind. I've only watched the first two episodes. But just from people's reactions on social media, I'm gathering Luke Longley still hasn't made an appearance in this se- it's series it's yet. Killing me. It is killing me. You see is, him in the episode, but he's just, I think he might have heard him say something in some of the old vision, but there's not been a single mention of him even so far. So it's like Harrison Ford's role in E.T. Like he filmed a, a lot of stuff for that movie and then got cut out. And I think you could see him as an extra in one scene. So it's, it's, it, it, I, f- I feel for Luke. This is his moment. He, he yeah. must feel like Joe Exotic. It's his moment to be famous, but he's not getting it. Uh, yeah, I'm worried that episode five will be a Luke Longley special. Well, an expose is coming on the way. We can only hope. But also, I need we, Danny, we just need to get up to the um, the episode where it goes back to Phil Jackson's kind of um, childhood and talk about his shoulders. They are they like should be in a museum. I've never seen anyone's shoulders quite like his. I'm going to leave that with you. You need to you okay. need. To- <laughs> 
All right, you've genuinely hooked me now. I've never heard a shoulder-based uh, sizzle reel. Okay, all right. Causing the talent to look at them. They're strong, they're strong shoulders. <laughs> he's, uh, he's an amazing uh, an amazing coach, though. But he lets, but he's also big on letting every individual be who, who they are as an individual. I feel like he was doing things back in the early 90s in the NBA that teams like the Bulldogs under Bebo and Richmond recently under Hardwick have just started to do now. And Nathan Buckley talking about vulnerability, letting players be who they want to be, embracing differences. He was doing that stuff 20 years ago. Yeah. And we're just yeah. up now in the AFL. You know what Phil Jackson would have done, Limo, if uh, if he was an AFL coach? Uh, if he was coaching Hawthorne uh, in Canberra and it was going to snow, I think he would have allowed long-sleeve Guernseys. <laughs> he probably would have. He probably would have. Definitely would have allowed long-sleeve Guernseys. Hey, uh, Danny, I've got a question for you. Finally. Specifically, are Liverpool going to be awarded the Premier League or will it be null and void um, because they've only played however many games they've played? Look, it's Liverpool was so far and ahead above the rest of the league, it would be an absolute travesty of justice. But they were uh, though, were they? No, they weren't. They weren't. It wasn't locked in. No. And look, there's there's a part of me that because uh, I don't have a, an English team, I have no horse in this race. Uh, there's a part of me that a very vindictive part of me. I think one of my uncles supported Manchester United, so there's a bit of me that just wants Liverpool to have it taken away from them because just to see the outrage on yeah. social media. Yeah. But no, they, they should be awarded it. They've absolutely earned it. But the reason England don't want to announce the winner and they're so determined to play out the season, the last they announced was on Saturday that they are going to play out the rest of the games at quote-unquote neutral venues, which I'm not sure how that helps if it's behind closed doors anyway. Like, you know, uh, you know, Liverpool going to play Everton at uh, Manchester City's ground. I don't know what that why they would do that. Anyway, but the reason they can't do it is if they stop the league right now and award it to Liverpool, they have to refund the broadcasters. And in its current uh, state, the amount of games they would have to refund for, would uh, the money would be £762 million going back to Sky Sports. Now, in Australian, that is $1.4 billion. Whoa. So what you're saying is that's a lot? That's a lot? <laughs> well, it is for you and I, but uh, I'm pretty sure Roman Abramovich and the Manchester City owners can find that back behind the back of the couch. Yeah, yeah. But that money, it'd have to come out of the clubs and the players' pay packets. It's very tricky. Um, what the other leagues have done, France declared last week that it's just going to stay as it is. So Paris Saint-Germain were the winner. Belgium were one of the first to do it, so they awarded it to Club Bruges. Uh, Netherlands went the other way. Uh, they've declared the whole season null and void. No winners, no relegation. We just start again as it was next year. Right. Was it was it tight at the top of the league in the Netherlands? It was. Yes, it was. It was only yeah, two right. games between Ajax and uh, whoever was second. I think it was uh, PSV Eindhoven. I'm not sure. But, of course, my favourite league, Limo, is the uh, is the Scottish league. <laughs> 
as well you know. Do you, do you remember when I took you in Brisbane to watch a Celtic Rangers game? Yes. It was great. And you asked within five minutes, how do you get a free kick in this league? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it's pretty it – was a, there's definitely different uh, – you know, there's a um, – a flexibility with the refereeing in Scotland that you don't get in some other leagues. <laughs> yeah, it's prison rules, as we say. Yeah. Um, well, so Celtic are 13 points ahead in um, in the Scottish League and they've put a vote to all the clubs across all four leagues, you know, the top uh, all four divisions, uh, who, you know, should we just end it here and start again in August? And 80% of the clubs have voted yes. The ones who have voted no, of course, are the ones who are going to get relegated. Uh, and Rangers, even though they're second, they would still get a Europa League position from this, but they just cannot concede any territory to Celtic. And Rangers are digging in. They are. There's a great article in Forbes magazine about it where someone wrote that Rangers are very angry about something or other. The something or other might sound flippant, but since Rangers are yet to disclose what it is they're annoyed about other than the fact they're annoyed, it's hard to say what the issue is. Right. And they have and, demanded uh, that the Scottish Football League hold an independent inquiry into itself based on evidence that they won't provide. So Rangers are just it's a totally self-serving and they're protecting their... Uh, yeah, apparently they're in financial issues, so they don't want to um, concede any ground and stuff. But I'll tell you this about Rangers, and this is a fact, and it just will tell you everything you need to know. Uh, Rangers have a deal with Trump-owned hotels that they will stay at Trump ho- Trump-owned hotels when they are playing away. Hang on, but what Trump-owned hotels are there in Scotland? Oh, he owns a few. He owns a whole bunch of golf courses and stuff. Yeah, golfers. Yeah, I know he's got golf courses, but how often would they be staying? So they stay on the golf courses in hotels. <laughs> No, they say the the accommodation that's next to the golf course. I guess they don't. Yeah, they're sleeping in the bunkers. Things are very bad at Rangers. They camp at these seventeen holes. Like when they go, there's no Trump Hotel in Edinburgh, is there? There might be. He's got he's got tendrils everywhere. It's not called the Trump Hotel. He's smart enough to do that. But yeah, he owns he owns a truckload. There was a great uh, image when Trump visited Scotland. There's a brilliant uh, political comedian over there called Janie Godley, uh, and she she went to his golf course where he was landing in the presidential helicopter, and she had a big sign that just said "Trump is a sea bomb," and uh, that went uh, worldwide. <laughs> right. So good on you, Janie. I know she listens to the show. She's a big fan. Mm. Big fan. Hello, Janie. Well done. Um, so good. Well, that answers my soccer question. Uh, there we right go. There. Now, guys, there is sport happening around the world, though. Um, oh, actually, Danny, quickly, Belarus, what's going on there? Yeah, are we winning? Am I winning? Am I winning? Oh, we might have lost Danny McGinley. Oh, sorry, sorry, go again. I've got you now. I've got you now. Sorry about that. Hey, Danny, Belarus, before we move oh, on from European soccer. Great question. Yes, I've not checked that. Uh, let me just, I'm just looking it up now. I've just been so. looking that up, I'll just do a shout out while you're looking that up. 
to pronunciation pending, happy to be corrected, uh, Haftorot Jonsson. I don't know. Okay. It's Icelandic, first name H-A-F-T-H-O-R. Hafthor, or maybe Hafthor, Hafthor. Hafthor. Hafthor, maybe. Hafthor Jonsson. Anyway, he's 31. He is, get a load of these stats, he's six foot nine and 205 kilograms. I mean, what? just insane size. He played the mountain in Game of Thrones, for people who are familiar with Game of Thrones. He broke the world deadlift record on the weekend. Um, at Thor's power gym in Iceland, nothing to do with the Hemsworth. Um, and he deadlifted 501 kilograms, uh, which he what? had to hold One. half a ton, Tess Armstrong, half a ton. What? Uh, he got it off the ground. He held it for two seconds and dropped it. So <laughs> is, there another, is there another sport where you only have to do something for two seconds? <laughs> Like, Darts. It's like two seconds in dog years. So it's like four hours in five hundred kilos. <laughs> yeah. Well, darts is just one dart, though. That's for a whole game of darts. Is yeah, that's know. a good point. All right, I have Belarusian uh, info for you, everyone. Uh, we there is oh, some yeah, big news. Uh, Limo's team bait. Uh, now on top is uh, a team uh, called Slutsk. Uh, spelt uh, inappropriately. But, uh, by the way, there was a great article on the ABC website. Apparently, a guy in Adelaide has started the Slutsk International Supporters Group on Facebook. It now has three times the amount of fans than Slutsk actual um, uh, fan group. And they, uh, they've they done a fundraiser and are helping keep that club afloat. I love it. I love it. Hey, but are they supporting the team that's top? They are, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to be on the bottom team. Come on. Yeah. Well, uh, there's news on that, Lima. Your team has now jumped up to third. That is uh, Bait Benazov. Bait Benazov, uh, yep. Uh, Tessa's team, Islock, uh, last Monday had a great 2-0 win over Vitebsk. And then yeah. my team, Shaktior Sologorsk, actually played Islock, yes, last night. What? Right. Tess, your team versus my team played last night at my team's home ground. You were uh, on in third place. We were uh, round 10th, and the score was 4-0 to my guys. Yeah. Oh, Do you know what that reminds me of, Danny, when we went to the footy together last year and Richmond were the favourites and Western Bulldogs were shithouse and I had to go to the Ducklands and your team and Aaron Norton kicked nine goals or whatever. Great memories. That's I remember that. <laughs> it was I a great game. Back. <laughs> I, I will point out I, I actually was watching those highlights just on the weekend. My name. Yeah, that's right. Very stressful. <laughs> Docklands, hate it. Glad to never go back there. Yeah, but you'd go back there in a heartbeat now rather than no footy. You know, I, was, I actually would challenge that if it meant I never had to go to the Docklands again, maybe footy could never come back. I'd be fine. I yeah. hate that. I, I would go watch Burnett. the Bulldogs lose by 10 goals at Victoria Park right now. I would just I just want to see some footy and talk to people. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to see Hawthorne lose, though. It would still make me as angry. I Is this – is this oh, I don't want to be blasphemous here at all, but – 
I'm not missing footy as much as I thought I would. Oh. Well, it's interesting how, like, you it's think just not, each yeah, summer, I'm, what am I going to do? Yeah. I guess because you kind of just, you've planned, you know, you've accepted your fate yeah. and you're just dealing with it day to day. But I don't find myself yearning for it like I thought I would. Yeah. So I'm sure as soon as hang into it, but. I think like I'm, when I'm we, missing it uh, a lot in that uh, oh, you, you go Tess you go well I'm just saying I'm missing like the ch- the banter essentially like I realize with a lot of people in my life like workmates or particular friends like the thing we put the only reason we <laughs> the only reason but the reason why we engage in conversation or text message groups or whatever is because of all and to give each other stick about our teams. And so I'm like, oh, without that, I'm missing that bit, the social element of it. Also, yeah, I'm missing yeah, a, totally. something to talk That's about with my... <laughs> uh, my my kids are actually missing it a fair bit. Um, the boy who's six now is just, you know, in that zone of being footy mad and stuff. And even like Ozkick was supposed to come back on the weekend, uh, but it's obviously yeah. been called off. But Ozkick are doing a great thing. Um, Ozkick at home on YouTube where Nick Revolt and his kids uh, do the drills, uh, show you the drills that you would have done that week, and then you go out and you do it at the park. Now, you should watch that because, first of all, there, there's some good tips on how to do drills with kids. And second of all, you just get to see Nick Revolt be the most patient father in the world because he, he has a – he's got – his kids are the same age as mine. He's got two boys and the younger boy, just like my younger one, just gets in the way and ruins things and he just holds the fort very well. So kudos to Nick Revolt uh, oh, so, on that. So he's got a three-year-old, is that right? I think so. It looks about. It looks the same as my kids. Yeah. Okay. How how's the three year old at kicking the footy? Terrible, and even worse at holding attention. Oh, uh, because I was down the park last week with my son, who's three. Um, rough, not that much uh, different in age from Vera, mm-hmm. and he, he's just started kicking the footy, which is great. So we kind of kicked the from so somebody holds it. He doesn't hold it down like that. He holds it across ways. Mm. Uh, well, that's more surface area to kick. Yeah, more surface area. And drops it and kicks it. And a couple of times he misses. But And I was, I was so proud of him. I was like, oh, I've got bloody future number one pick here. <laughs> um, and then we got down to the park and we bumped into this other kid who I found out was also three, was actually a few months younger than Laddie. And the other kid was super friendly. He goes, do you want to kick the footy to Laddie? And Laddie goes, yeah. So the other kid picks up the footy. He's back. He's spinning it between his hands and kicking a perfect drop punt every time. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so pick three. Laddie's pick three now. <laughs> he's, he's moved down. He's moved one trillion down the list. Uh, so I've got to improve my coaching. I might have to get onto the Nick Rewalt Oz kick thing. Even my three-year-old, though, when I get up early with her, um, she knows that what I used to do when, when footy was on is if I was on early shift with the kids, I wouldn't watch the night games and I would just record them and then we'd watch them first thing. Uh, so the number of times she, she'll ask, she first thing she always asks every day when you wake up, she goes, what day is it today? So she knows whether mum's working or, or what, you know, what's going to be happening. And if I say it's Saturday, Saturday or Sunday, she'll go, oh, are we going to watch footy? 
and they have to go, no, there's, there's no footy. And even though, she, you know, she doesn't have the attention span to watch it, she still likes uh, watching me get excited about it. That's cool. You know, I discovered the other day my son, K.O., have been running the, you know, loads of replays of all sorts of things. And we sat, I sat down, my son was with Kel, my wife, and I sat down to watch the Rumble in the Jungle, 15, 14 rounds of the most unbelievable sporting contest in history. And my son walked into the room and he just started watching it and he just watched 14 rounds of Ali v. Frazier with me and loved it. Now, is that bad parenting or is that good parenting allowing him to discover other sports? <laughs> Testing his attention, it, it, Ben. Nailed it. Yeah, I think it's- he loves Joe Frazier. <laughs> I now say to him, who's your favourite boxer? He goes, Joe Frazier. Yeah. I think it's only bad parenting if he then went in and started beating up the cat. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. All, that, all that better footballer down at the park. If he takes <laughs> – no, 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 I don't want to have a kick, but I'm happy to have a box. That's – Yeah, good call, good call. Danny, um, can you please – like the Valorusian thing's good, but considering my team lost to your team, I'm, it's now dead to me. Is there another league that I can like – steal or get onto? Absolutely, there is, Tess Armstrong. Let's all get involved with the Taiwanese baseball. <laughs> yeah. There's, uh, the thing I like about this is there are four clubs. There's only four in the whole country. Uh, I'll, I'll run them through yeah. you. We've got there's a team called The Brothers, whose logo is an elephant. There's a team called The Guardians. There's a team called The Monkeys. <laughs> and uh, my favourite name is the Lions, which is it seems quite dull, but their full name is the Uni President Seven Eleven Lions. Wow. Okay. President. Uni President Seven Eleven Lions. Okay. The way they work is um, all these clubs uh, they don't they don't seem to be geographically loyal. They're just owned by different corporations. So you, a corporation will buy a team and then rename and rebrand them because that's what corporations do. So one team was called the the Jungo Bears or Yungo, I'm not sure exactly, but they got bought. The Bears got bought out by an agricultural corporation, so they were renamed the Bulls, who were then sold to a shopping complex group whose logo is a rhino. So they became the Rhinos, who then sold them to a banking corporation who have renamed <laughs> them the Guardians. Great, I love it. Is and it, and is it like, Guardian Bank? No, it's, it just seems that they that's what they've decided. I, I hope that there was a logo or even uh, called Guardian Bank, but no, that's just what they've chosen for it. But this is like having Aussie teams called the Commonwealth Bank Dolomites versus the BHP Diggers who will go on to play the Jetstar Delays. No. <laughs> 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 Uh, uh, so, Danny, why are they playing baseball in one of these other, you know, is there basketball or soccer or anything else? It seems to be just baseball, but Taiwan have actually handled COVID-19 better than any other country. They are, they're number one. They get the gold medal because they had SARS a few years ago. They know how to deal with pandemics. So they've got a little bit of shutdown but not too much, like the, the league's still going. The reason, uh, by the way, Tess, I think you'll be going for the monkeys, uh, is uh, a few of the um, 
A few of the leagues have put up mannequins, Belarus style, but the monkeys are using robot mannequins that emulate fans. So they hold up signs yes. and right. and they open their mouths and they make crowd noises and play the official uh, monkey song, which is a absolutely banging uh, rock uh, song. But the problem is like, I, I would play you a grab, but the band is called Men Envy Children. Now, I, uh, I do a lot for this podcast, but I am not Googling Men Envy Children Thailand because I don't want to go on a blacklist. <laughs> yeah, you want to stay away from that one, I think. Wait till you use a neighbour's Wi-Fi or something like that before you do that. Yeah. Well, I got a mate who who used to live in Taiwan to to find me the link, but it was all in you know uh, uh, Chinese writing, so I couldn't find it. But it is an absolutely banging song, and I'm so desperate to find a team for us. I think I'm leaning towards the monkeys. I, I even uh, messaged uh, Lin Jong because his mum's from Taiwan, asking if he had a team because I'd go for them. But uh, he says he doesn't even have a side yet. So we're looking for official. They came to play team. Uh, maybe we could put it to our listeners who we should all go for if yeah. we all do our research. I'm okay. thinking the monkeys, but you know, let's um, let's put it up to the people. Do you guys have a preference? Can I can I just raise something here? I've been googling while you've been talking. I've been listening. Don't think I've <laughs> <laughs> just doing your taxes. Population of Taiwan: twenty four million. Right, pretty good. So yep. Same same with Australia. Mm-hmm. Baseball is the country's most popular spectator sport. Mm-hmm. There's only four teams. Yeah. For 24 million people. That's crazy. What's the, um, what's the um, crowd? Yeah, I, I agree. How many people go? Uh, uh, look. Are you talking I humans or, or robots? Where, I'm, where I am. I'm looking at Wikipedia. It doesn't give me crowd size. You don't have the champion data of Thailand up? <laughs> no. I won. Is it Swamp any good at Taiwan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's get people to tell us who we should go for. I feel like the monkeys sound like pretty good. They've got robots. They've got a song. It's a fun animal. They did change their logo. Um, they, up until last year, they were they were based at one part of uh, of I think Taipei, uh, and their logo was this aggressive looking like uh, baboon sort of thing with a big sort of rah sort of thing. But they've changed it now, and now it's sort of like a little Pokemon monkey. So it looks cute, but it's not as aggressive as it was. And but they've done its eyes like uh, uh, you know crossed eyes, angry. So it looks like a menacing Pokemon at least. Oh yeah, right. Um, before I need to tell you guys about, you know, there's been not very much footy, footy news except for uh, will we or won't we, Ross or Rachel, Ross and Rachel, will we play, won't we play, blah, blah, blah. But I did get tagged in an excellent um, post the other day, which was essentially an Englishman uh, watched football for the first time. His, his name on Reddit is Mark. 49s. He watched um, football for the first time because there was nothing else on and he, so he watched through round one and having known nothing about it or Googling anything about it, he decided that he would write down kind of who he thought the best players were of all of the teams and who uh, what, what, what really struck him about every single So I'll put you first of all, Richmond, he just wrote Rewalt and Cochin which is also what I say when I'm watching football. It's just Rewalt and Cochin to me too. Collingwood, he says, 
Number four, Ruckman, very tall, looks like Jared Leto but with bigger ears, which is an amazing description of Brody Grundy. Like that is a perfect description. He does look like Jared yeah. Leto with big ears. Uh, Western Bulldog, Bronson Powers, and number six, Smith, with the absolutely outrageous haircut. True story. Essendon, fellow with oh. dreads. It's just occurred to me when – when, ba- when when footy does come back, we're going to have to call Bailey Smith the Tiger King. Oh, <laughs> Bailey yeah. Exotic. But that's a that's true. Call Danny. Fremantle log log. I'll just make a note. Log, <laughs> like the eagle from the Muppet. But I think Roy Lobb looks like um, the dad from Back to the Future. So I think that's a missed opportunity. Adelaide. Bloke called Crispin Glover. Arms, a buzz cut and a moustache. Lynch looks like the Shermanator from the American Pie films. It's probably fair. <laughs> Sydney, Heaney looks like a thunder. <laughs> Heaney looks like a Thunderbird's puppet. True story. Geelong. Brilliant. He does. Brilliant. With, he does. Geelong, white guy with dreads, caveman looking bloke, Dangerfield ablet. That's a pretty good com- that's a pretty good yep. summary of Geelong. That's all they've got going on. GWS, a, like man known, a man known only as Big Force, number 17 bloke with the blue stain, Perryman, Toby Green. That's a good takeaway. Yeah, yep. Brisbane. That's good, this guy. Neil, Neil Cameron, lanky guy with a man bun. That could be any player in the league. I don't know who that is referring to. <laughs> Oh, no, that'd be, uh, it's, what's his name up forward? Uh, Giraffe, Eric Hipwood. Eric Hipwood. Yeah, probably. Uh, Hawthorne, Burgoyne, Sicily, Wingard. Good takeaway. That's pretty pretty easy to guess. Yeah, very good. North Melbourne, Ben Brown, comma, bloke with patchwork tattoos all over who kept beating people up, and then another one, a tall bloke with big pecs. Who who are those people that he's talking about? <laughs> Who's the patchwork tattoo? I think, he, I think he accidentally flicked over to a different website for that last couple. Yeah. <laughs> Who's it? What's that? Ben? It says bloke with patchwork tattoos all over who kept beating people up. Is that Marley Williams? Is, was he even playing? I don't know. Anyway, amazing. I don't know. That could also be many, many AFL players. Yeah, it sounds like he started watching American History X. <laughs> <laughs> St Kilda, Butler, Hill, Ryder. Very good trio. Dan Butler, Richard Zone. Good. Gold Coast, 34 with poor attempt at moustache. That's, I guess, Alex Sexton. Um, Collins, Lacocious. That's fine. Port Adelaide, Marshall, Georgiagis. Who the hell's that? Butler and Butters. They picked up Georgiagis in the draft last year, young fella. Radio. About. Oh, yeah, I think I remember him in the rooms. Uh, West Coast, Nick Natnui, Pickett, Archie, Ryan. Very good. I forgot they had all those good players. And Melbourne, Langan, Petrarca. Here's what he has to say, general observations. I have no idea about the tactics. The songs at the end are fun. Usage of nicknames by the commentators makes it hard to follow who is who. Very true. Uh, ball up is cool. Um, and then he also says, why don't they wear long sleeves? <laughs> <laughs> I like to raise that as an issue, as I have. That is my. If 
when I, whenever I'm the chairman of the AFL or whatever, that's going to be my number one rule that every club has to let their players wear them. He says best kit is the Swans, which I actually think is valid. Swans is very handsome. Worst kit, the Crows, too many stripes. And I can't decide if GWS are nice or nasty. Neither can we. We don't know. No, <laughs> no I can. That's pretty easy for me. <laughs> I'm happy to take a punt. This man has been encouraged to continue to watch it but not Google any of the rules. And so I think that could be an ongoing joy. I I love what that guy's doing. Yeah. Same. I, I think, think it's for us as well into when you hear someone like that. Yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, who's, who's, if you had to distill your team, who would strangers think were the best players? It's like actually quite good. Bonton Pally. Mm. Yeah. Um, a, uh, and a shout-out as well, guys, to the Russian Table Tennis League. <laughs> yeah, what's going on there, Leems? Hey, it's the, you know, it, most, when I say most, nearly all of the sports gambling money globally is currently being punted on Russian table tennis. Um, if you Google Russian table tennis, nearly every hit is a sports betting website. Wow. That you'll come up with. Um, they're now playing, because so much money has been gambled and it's one of the only sports in the world, they're now playing seven days a week. Um, and there is a full slate every day. So now people like Dmitry Basmanov and Vasily Shershov, who's a bit of a plonker, to be fair, um, are becoming household names. And the rivalry between Artem Artyunyan and Vitaly Basilevsky is really kicking off, guys. Even though Artem's won the last 12, Basilevsky has a great, a better um, career win-loss over Artem. Um, How can we watch this, Limo? Is there any, uh, is it on KO or or do we have to get an illegal stream? I think you have to get some sort of illegal stream. I I haven't watched a single game. I've just been reading the reports. All right. Um. But what hilariously what's happening though is gambling companies are jumping on. So, but first they have to learn about the sport because they, in order to make money, they've got to understand what's happening. So you've got all these uh, punting companies around the world doing crash courses in Russian table tennis and quickly learning who's who. Now, here's my question for you. With millions being punted globally on Russian table tennis, does anyone think it could be susceptible to match fixing? Anthony Lehman, you bite your tongue, sir. How <laughs> dare you besmirch yes. the motherland? Yeah. Uh, how many high fives do you reckon Putin handed out when the Olympics were cancelled this year? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to see the Icarus-style documentary about the Russian table tennis, the, the vials passed between the bats and stuff. It's going to be sick. <laughs> Even just saying Russian table tennis makes me think of a table tennis ball that fits inside another slightly bigger table tennis ball. <laughs> right. Why is it is it dramatically different from other countries' table tennis? Like why? Why do you need to do a crash? Yeah, is it, is it just table tennis? Is it Ukrainian table tennis that they just stole? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Very oh, that, that is- Put a skin in the game there, though. We, I do. 
<laughs> Nostarovia, comrades. Are they playing anything in the Ukraine, Danny, at the moment? Uh, just uh, election fixing, their standard national sport. Yeah, great. <laughs> Actually, they're trying to stop the um, the bushfires that are right near Chernobyl from, you know, killing us all. Right, okay. And are they spending most of their energy influencing the upcoming US election? Is that their <laughs> yeah. <laughs> national sport for 2020? Hey, guys, I um, just quickly, I know we've got to, we've got to wrap this up shortly. Um, I got hiccups yesterday. And I don't, no. I don't want to make <laughs> We're finishing with the big stuff. All right. <laughs> I don't know there are big issues in the world and, you know, I get that this sounds trivial. Um, but I had them for about 15 minutes and it was really annoying. Um, and I did, I went through all the standard hold your breath. My wife tried to scare me. Um, <laughs> water from the wrong side of the glass, all that stuff. How, how did how did uh, how did Kel try and scare you? Was there a just was it like she jump out and yell, or was it just a look through the paper and go, "Oh, Clarko's gone to Collingwood." <laughs> that would have got me. <laughs> he actually said to me, "Oh, by the way, I'm pregnant." <laughs> With my first thought was, "Who's the father?" <laughs> um, no, uh, so which all these things anyway? I had him for about fifteen minutes. It was really annoying. So then I then I googled the Guinness World Record for hiccups. Because I just need to know. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on what the Guinness World Record might be? Are we saying is someone... it record for length or is it record for how many hiccups? Yeah, the record for when they, how long you had them for. So I had them for 15 minutes. Okay. What's um, World Record? I seem to recall like there's some, one of those British uh, doctor shows where they just, you know, show people with horrible diseases like an embarrassing bodies and someone had hiccups for like 30 years or something. Uh, Charles Osborne is an American chap. Chucky. He got hiccups. He got hiccups in 1922. <laughs> he finally managed to shake them off on the 5th of June, 1990. What? Oh, that is 68 years, my friends, from when he was 28 to when he was 96. No. Now, you know from your own experiences of having hiccups, the ridiculous suggestions people give you to try and get rid of them. Can you imagine what you're getting after 60 years of having hiccups? Have you tried straight cordial? Straight. <laughs> <laughs> you like, jam your head in the freezer door while whistling the thing to mash. I know, I tried that a couple of years ago. I tried that in No, it's right. you don't do mash, you do Hogan's Heroes. God. Oh, that's <laughs> Why? That is so annoying. What? That's the most annoying story. I'd just be that would drive me nuts. But also because no one can ever take you seriously when you're hiccuping. No. Yeah. He's like a cartoon drunk. So he hiccuped the whole way through World War Two. Imagine trying to have conversations with people about the war. <laughs> hiccuping your way through it. Kids' weddings. He had eight kids. She got eight marriages. You're making speeches, twenty firsts. God. Hey, did it say what finally cured it? Like, did he actually, like, he'd gone through everything and then tried holding his breath? <laughs> Why didn't I do this back in the 20s? Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't or was, say it, it. was it his own death that stopped it? No, he, got, he shook them off when he was 96 and died 12 months later. No. So it might have been, hiccups might have been keeping him alive. 
That would have been a good year, though. That is, yeah. That's terrible. I'm Googling this, man. I need to do some serious research. Um, that was, that was to make me feel better. He's, uh, he's my inspiration. Also, Limo, that. now we know where it came from if we hear Raph Epstein on 774 do a whole expose on hiccups this week. Yeah. <laughs> hiccups special from Raph. <laughs> <laughs> you scooped him. You scooped the award-winning. You're going to say on his Wikipedia, on Wikipedia, it goes like Charles Osborne. Charles Osborne, politician, Sir Charles Osborne, Irish baronet of the Osborne baronets, and then Charles Osborne hiccups. That is a disappointing title. <laughs> yeah, that's his legacy. <laughs> it's unlikely anyone can break that record. Fantastic. Well, it's been a pleasure, you lot. Who needs sport? Who does need sport? <laughs> Did anyone see the vision of Mike Tyson sparring? No. Are you watching The Hangover again? It was posted on Twitter. He is, he's got kind of a grey beard, but wow, he's still in pretty good nick. Ooh. Look it up if you get a chance. All right. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't want to bum, wouldn't. Probably not. Probably won't. Wouldn't want I might be angry with me. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Don't go near him then. Even if he sees it, Joe Frazier's still my son's favourite boxer. So. <laughs> That's right. That's oh, right. oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> So we should uh, promote um, our socials. We have an Instagram now. Uh, it's oh, yeah. at TCTP Pod. Uh, we also have our Patreon. We we have our first. Uh, we've still got only that one guy who's supporting us. What a legend he is! Legend. Uh, on board. We got, and we'll, we'll send you things. Yeah, we will absolutely. We got Twitter, Facebook. Um, yeah, get on get on board. We will be putting it all out about choosing our Taiwanese baseball club uh, this week. So please get on, get involved, everyone, and and hopefully one day we can get over to Taiwan and watch them play. Can't wait to see how we can do that. I think that'd be that'd be special. Uh, so get involved, and if you love the pod, please uh, give us a review and uh, tell your friends about it as well. Yep, be great. All right, thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll be back next week with more Belarusian soccer. Russian ping pong <laughs> and Taiwanese baseball. <laughs> All right. See you guys.